648 on the crosstalk on WIZM. I, I started to write questions yesterday and thought I, these questions are going to be old before I even get a chance to ask them. So Jen Rumbalski is our guest this morning, La Crosse County Health Department. Big cheese. I will simply say, what's the good morning? What's the latest? Jen, thank you for talking with us. Good morning. You bet. Good morning. So, yeah, I think the latest is that we did um, have a confirmation of our third um, positive case of COVID-19 last evening, and that individual is in one of the households of the two that we announced yesterday morning. So, so that brings our case total up to three. And it was expected that uh, that the two women who uh, were the first two in La Crosse County, because they are uh, of family members, that more of those family members would most likely be, uh, would test positive at some point. So this is not unexpected. Yep, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. What happens to the, the, uh, the string? I understand that the, the, the third person is a youngster, uh, goes to uh, Eagle Bluff Elementary School in Onalaska. That school closes down and uh, prepares to hose down and, and treat the entire building. Uh, is that is that also the new normal when you identify a person, everything they've ever touched, ever, everybody they've ever come in contact with for the last, uh, the previous mm-hmm. several weeks all have to be tested? Is that correct? A- approximately? Yeah, so actually, um, just to just to be clear, the third case is an individual in their upper 20s, lower 30s, not uh-huh. a young person that's in school. However, one of the children in the households um, the day prior to, to coming down with some symptoms was at school, and so we did notify the school district about that. Um, we They chose to notify the entire school, but recognized, you know, it was one child and they were in you know, one grade, of course. Um, so so note, note that this was an individual that didn't have symptoms at the time when they were at school, but they came down the next day. Uh, okay. So we're being over-cautious here with knowing that, or not knowing um, the, the actual risk of transmission that sort of day before you come down with symptoms. Um, so, so just... I just want folks to understand that that is that is overcautious on all of our parts to make sure um, a that we're notifying individuals that might have been in contact with that particular child, and one way to notify them is through the school district making that notification. We're also contacting others that may have been in closer contact, um, and then the school yes doing cleaning. But of course now schools are out of session, um, so I, so I don't foresee. You know that any issues being the there. Situation forward, yep. Is being overcautious a good thing uh, in this day and age? I think we have to be that way right now in terms of the potential spread in that window of that day prior to symptoms coming on, just because we do not have confirmation yet um, about the the actual risk uh, of the ability for someone to be spreading the virus before their symptoms start. Uh, so, so I think until we know that for sure, we do have to be more cautious with notifying um, as opposed to not. Well, and is it the individual, you know, that, that you, you mentioned that the family member uh, notified the school. Is that the appropriate uh, chain of, of uh, notification or should that person have contacted you or the health department and said, we have an issue and then let you notify everybody else? 
Right. I don't think that that's what happened. We actually notified the school district. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. We, so it yep, was. We notified the school district, and that's right. normally how our process would work. Yeah, yeah. So Chain we, of command. We, we ask for folks to trust the process that we have with investigation. So I just want to say I know that people have concerns about not knowing, you know, for example, what grade in that school or where someone specifically lives, uh, where they might work. Um, but we have a really strong and long-term process. We've done this a long time with our public health nursing team, and we know how to identify folks that might have been potentially exposed. And then we do all of that follow-up to make sure that anybody potentially exposed is notified of that risk. How important is it that the general public know uh, when you identify an individual? Mike Hayes came down with corona uh, uh, virus. He works at, he lives at, he visits, he once touched. He knows that, you know, how deep do you have to go into that, uh, that confirmed case individual's uh, life and identify all of that information and make it all public. I know people are curious, but you border on uh, none of your business pretty quickly, don't you? You do. There is a delicate balance there, and we know how to manage that balance. Um, We do know that that causes frustration in the public, that people want to know that. Um, But again, we ask for for folks to trust the fact that we know how to do this investigation process. So, um, you know, if someone does come down with symptoms, we're, we're stepping back a day before their symptoms began. Um, we're, we're looking at a 14-day window, which is a pretty long window. Sure. Um, but we're looking at that window. We're asking them, who might they have been in contact with within six feet? Um, and, and, you know, if it's a child, for example, especially if it's a younger child, let's say, um, you know, we know that they are probably not washing their hands um, in the ways that adults hopefully right. are. Soap and um, water. So and all of that into account. Singing happy birthday and doing that whole package. You know, yeah, I, I get it. Uh, so you have more people to check if it's a young person. I suppose the uh, the, the rainbow in all of this is that the three individuals uh, that have contracted uh, COVID-19 are young. They were previously healthy. And those two categories of individuals fare the best when they come down with this virus. Isn't that correct? That is correct, Mike. And thanks for pointing that out because... Um, These are all individuals that are not severely ill right now, so we're just grateful for that. Um, And and they're recovering. They will be recovering at home. They're in isolation. And, um, you know, we we don't want to um, spread widely the the knowledge that a a person has, you know, the the first or second or third case of COVID-19 in our community. Uh, we, We don't want folks to be stigmatized for that. You know, we know that this virus does not discriminate. We can't do that either. Um, so, again, it just it just requires some balance to make sure that we can do the process we know how to do. Um, and, and we ask people to trust that we will figure out who needs to be contacted. Right. And if you are an individual who is uh, 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 contracting some of the symptoms, you know, scratchy throat, difficulty breathing and so forth, do not simply get in your car and drive over to the hospital and say, I think I have COVID-19. Call ahead of time, please, and uh, they because they're going to give you special precautions. They they don't want you just coming into the front door of the hospital or the clinic, walking up the stairs, touching the handrail, breathing on everybody, saying hello, being polite, uh, talking to the nurses, going back into the uh, examination room and finding out, yep, you've got COVID-19, and where have you been in the last 24 hours? Oh, you know, talking to friends and calling everybody and letting them know and touching handrails and 
you got to try and stop that. You, you got to, uh, you know, just call ahead. Jen Rumbalski, that's why we called you. Thanks for talking with us this morning. We will be back in touch uh, first part of next week just uh, for these kinds of updates. Very important.